What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I am still your host, JPB. And today we are on another part in this mini series. Today is part 10 in this mini series that I started as a 10 parter and now has been expanded to more because well, we're not finished. So let's jump right into this. Today we're talking about mindset. I have touched a little bit on this in earlier parts of this mini series, but it is important enough to give its uh give give it a full episode. When I used to hear the term mindset, if I'm keeping it real honest, I just thought it sounded like some kind of shit that people said who just never had problems and didn't understand what it was like to live with struggles and live with trauma and stress and all of the things that come with that. And now I know and understand that our mindset is the foundation for everything that we experience in life, how we experience life. And this is because we cannot control what happens in the world around us, but we can shape how we view the world, what we choose to focus on, and how we interact with the world around us. So what does this mean? What it, What is a mindset? Your mindset is just your thoughts and beliefs. Mindset is just another word for way of thinking of things, outlook, what makes someone tick, someone's worldview, all of these things. And all of these things are just this collection of thoughts and beliefs that lead to the way that we interpret the world, the way that we respond to the world, the way that we behave to events, circumstances, situations, all of the things that make up our life. So when we're thinking about our thoughts, the first thing we have to be really clear on is that we are not our thoughts. You are not your thoughts, but they do create your life. We have something called a the stream of consciousness that is just all the thoughts that are running through your head all of the time. And it's called a stream because it's just this constant flow. But when we grab onto something, that flow stops. And that often throws off the balance in our internal environment inside of us in our head. And then those thoughts have this cascading effect, physiological effect into our body. The relationship between how we think and how we feel is so strongly intertwined, it cannot be separated. Our emotions result entirely from our perspective. We have to assess an event and give it meaning before we can assign a feeling to it. And all of this happens so quickly that it's not necessarily in our conscious control because it's a reaction and our brain and body are so beautiful and magical and just incredible that they do that without us needing to, you know, check in and and, um, okay these decisions, which is great sometimes and sometimes not. So our mindset is a belief that totally biases how we think, how we feel, how we act. 
It is the filter through which we view the world and everything in it. There is a fantastic book. Um, it's kind of the the staple of, of mindset work by Carol DeWick. And uh, I think it's just called Mindset. But she she just talks about extensively, talks about in this whole book, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And basically what that means is if you have a growth mindset, you're giving yourself permission, you're allowing yourself and, and giving yourself the opportunity to learn as opposed to being in a fixed mindset where you don't. You're not learning new things because the mindset around that fixed state is that everything is just, everything is fixed. Everything is just the way it is. You can't really improve it. You're good or you're bad. You're smart or you're not. And that's kind of it. Um, I choose to allow myself to grow, but it has taken a really long time and um, a lot of learning, a lot of unlearning to get to the point where I am able to allow myself to grow. Because for a long time, I just felt like if I wasn't inherently good at something, there was something wrong with me. It was just because I sucked. I wouldn't even go bowling or like play games, which can seem kind of like, like it doesn't really matter, but I wouldn't allow myself to try new things because if I wasn't good at it, then I felt like that meant something about me rather than I just hadn't done it or practiced and learned how to get better. So anyways, if you want to dive further into mindset after our conversation here, after our, I just talked to you here, um, uh, mindset, the book by Carol Dweck, I recommend it. So ultimately mindset is a choice. You get to choose what grows in your head. It's like a little flower garden, what you water and what you plant, those seeds will grow. So we have to be careful about what that is. When I talk about mindset being a choice, I can't help but also think about the different privileges that folks have and different situations that people have to deal with. And these things contribute to a sense of what is possible in the world, the beliefs that we hold. Um, and so I kind of get wrapped up in my head thinking about uh, just all of the bad shit in the world and how how to make sense of it all. Um, when thinking about mindset and continuing to focus on the positive things, even in circumstances that are um, just unthinkable. And two people always come to mind when I kind of hit a roadblock here, and they are Viktor Frankl and Nelson Mandela. And these two people have been in the most unthinkable circumstances, the most terrible, just I, words can't really express how awful the things that these people went through are. Um, and they also are two people who champion a positive mindset. So I think if, if these two people who went through um, concentration camps in Nazi Germany and apartheid in South Africa can have the the outlook and the focus on their mindset that they did, I think that it is possible for all of us. And it's not just about staying positive and pretending like everything's great and always seeing roses because that's not life. That's not real. And this is, 
this is, this is just about seeing your life and choosing where your focus is. It's hard work and it's on you to choose how you create it. But it's all about the stories that we tell ourselves and the meanings that we assign to things and that we do have control over. We can choose what we pay attention to, where our focus is, what stories we're telling ourselves over and over again, what meanings we're giving to things. You may think that your feelings are due to, you know, chemical imbalances or other people's actions or shitty childhood. And while all of those things can have an impact and do have an impact, those, you know, theories about why your feelings are place you as a victim because those place the power of change out of your control. So instead, let's look at the way that we choose to think about things, our core values and beliefs, which lead to our mood and our outlook on life, which again, leads to how we interact with the world, how we perceive it, the lens through which we view it, which shapes our attitude and our feelings and everything else. So when it comes to the meanings that we assign to things, the greatest part is that we get to change our mind at any moment. This means that we get to change the story. If we have a story of, I've always been, I've always been stressed out. This thing has always made me so mad or anxious or whatever it is. We get to decide to tell a different story at any moment. We can just say plot twist. This is a different story. And again, that's not easy. It's not that easy from one day to the next to just believe, oh, okay, because your subconscious mind has all of these stories in it that it has collected for your whole lifetime. So it's not just going to change overnight, but you do get to choose what story you are consciously telling yourself. And a lot of the time we are not even paying attention to what's in our head or what's coming out of our mouth. And so when we are paying attention, it's uh, sometimes well, it's surprising what we find. So let's back up. We're going to look at the biological basis for our thoughts. Every movement, every thought, every emotion requires us to spend energy. And we only have so much energy. And our thoughts create a cascade of chemical reactions, physiological reactions in our body, sending messages to uh, the rest of our body about what's going on, what state of being we're in, how, what is needed to survive. Because again, survival is the number one, number one goal. That's our number one job is just to survive. And then efficiency to pair with that survival energy conservation is uh, number two. So because we have automatic negative thoughts, we have an automatic bias because we are constant. Our brain is constantly scanning the world for threat and danger in order to keep us alive. And so these automatic negative thoughts take less energy. They're just kind of automatic. They're already there. And you don't have to expend as much energy to kind of override that habitual programming, that innate kind of programming that we have to look for survival. And so it's a little bit harder. And your brain doesn't know the difference between an experience on the outside of you in your external environment, or an experience on the inside of you in your internal environment. And so as far as your brain's concerned, the thoughts that you think are what's happening. Your brain just believes what you tell it. 
brain scans, uh, brain studies with neuroimaging show that the same regions of your brain light up are active when you are just thinking about doing anything or if you are actually doing that thing. And so that's how we know that. So your thoughts create a whole environment inside of you about all these events that may only be taking place inside your head. And a lot of the time we do that when we're talking, when we're thinking about all of the things that could go wrong, we're replaying the fight that we had with somebody about what we should have said. I don't know if I'm the only one. I know I'm not the only one. And so as it relates to stress, we have current research that shows that how you believe stress affects you, the thoughts you have around stress and anxiety are actually responsible for the way your body responds to stress. There are actual changes in your hormones, changes in your blood pressure, physiological changes that occur just from the beliefs you hold about how stress and anxiety are affecting you. And psychological stress, which is an emotional response to an experience, um, mostly caused by fear, frustration, jealousy, anger, grief, self-criticism, these types of things. This type of stress is created within us and it is creating a toxic environment in us. Um, Because the things that affect us emotionally trigger a rapid stress response. Because again, our brain doesn't know the difference between what's happening inside or outside. And so when there is a threat detected, when there is stress detected, our body's first job is survival. And so it goes on the defensive. And so if, if we feel insecurity or embarrassment or jealousy or any of these kind of, I don't like to say negative because they are just feelings, but they are in the negative spectrum. So if we feel these, these kind of negative feelings, it's, they're all just, just a thing that exists in the universe that's passing through. If we let it pass through, if we just think of it like a mild bruise, that's like, oh, okay, I'll move on because it's not really that important. But when something happens that we don't like and we resist it, we don't want to feel a certain way. We don't like the outcome of something. We don't want to be doing something or be in a certain situation. When we're resisting something that has already happened, it doesn't take that thing away. It just means that we're stuck with the experience because we have that attachment to it. We won't just let it flow on into the past where it actually is. So then we're stuck with this energy conflicting within ourselves because that thing no longer exists in the present moment, but we're holding it there. And so we store this energy and struggle to process it within ourselves in that internal environment that we've created. And then that spills over to the next day, that stress from the previous day, spilling over into the next day, into your tomorrows, because you are still holding it in your mental space. And then we're not able to focus and process because we're doing this. And then we're not, we're not uh, processing today's events because we've got this overflow from yesterday that we're still trying to deal with. So this is part of the reason that our emotional kind of response hijacks control from our thinking brain And our brain adapts so quickly to meet the demands of what is asked of it, because again, survival and efficiency, what we give it, the information that we give it from our thoughts, from our mind space, 
what we allow in there, what we are focusing on, what we are holding on to, what we are attaching to and assigning meaning to all in our headspace. This is, this is our headspace. Our mindset is ours to curate. We get to choose what is in there. We can't control every single thought that comes through that stream of consciousness, but we can choose which ones we want to hold on to, which ones we pay attention to, which ones we notice, and which ones we say, okay, we'll just let you keep flowing down that stream. And because of the efficiency of our brain, because of how it adapts so quickly to meet all of the demands of everything that's always changing, what the information that we provide it, it just becomes a habit. It wants to be efficient. And so it just habituates these things. It's like, okay, we want more of this. This is what we're going to pay attention to. This is what we're looking at. Um, and this is what we're looking for. Check. I've got it. And so when we're focusing on negative things, we're going to see more negative things because our brain is like, okay, that's relevant information. That's what we want to be paying attention to. And when we're focusing on the things that we're grateful for, the positive things, our wins, our success, our efforts, then our brain is going to pay attention to those things because that is the information that we're providing saying, this is relevant information. This is what we need to be looking out for. And this is how our brain wired. This is how the connections are made. And when our, our frontal brain, our, our thinking brain isn't able to get, to gain access because our, um, stress response is over, overactive and overstimulated. It kind of grows into this. I don't want to say monster. I don't want to vilify the stress response, but it grows into this monster and kind of takes over control and hijacks the thinking brain. And then it, changes how we behave. It changes our motivation. It changes our ability to feel pleasure, um, to just like remember things and learn and our self-control and our decision-making and focus and all of these things that our thinking brain takes care of. So we have to be very aware of what is in our mental space. What's in our headspace. Are we curating our space to be what we want it to be? So a couple more brain things. We have something called the default mode network, and that is active when we are just thinking about ourselves, thinking about our stories or daydreaming, thinking about past events, planning, um, just kind of imagining, thinking about the future, whatever. And it is always planning and projecting and using past events to predict the future, to try and make sure that we're safe again for that survival. And so... This is how we learn to navigate the world using our past events to teach us how to move forward. And unconsciously, our default mode network carries out the possibilities for the future based on our past experiences. So when we're not intentionally thinking about something, our DMN takes over. Like, have you ever like driven all the way home thinking about something else, not remember the drive or you know, go into the kitchen, open the fridge and realize you have no idea why you're there. This is because we're, you're walking around on autopilot. And that's what happens when we're on autopilot, the DMN takes over. And if we're prone to negative thoughts, negative thought patterns, kind of a negative mindset, then when our mind waters, wanders, we're more likely to project negative outcomes and imagine negative situations, because that's what we have set in our autopilot settings. That's how, that's how we have it programmed. So how do we make changes and where do we start? We have to declutter our brain. 
We have to make space for awareness of what our thoughts are in order to choose the ones that we want to have there to curate and plant these seeds to grow our head garden in the way that we want it to be. So step one to alleviate stress and these limiting beliefs that we have running rampant in our heads that are creating the psychological stress is to be aware of them. We have to know what's going on before we can do anything about it. And this may seem simple, but most of us are not aware of what is taking up our headspace until we stop and really pay attention to how many times we think a certain thing or repeat a negative comment to ourselves or a limiting belief or that'll never happen. Just how automatically we kind of have these negative biases. And if we're not noticing that they're even there, we can't change them. So awareness is always key. It always comes first until we're aware of something. We cannot do anything to manage or control it. Step number two, to know that our thoughts are not universal truths. They are in that stream of consciousness and you get to just keep the, let them on, keep letting them on, keep, let them keep on rolling. I cannot talk, but you just let them go. Pass on by until you pull them out of that stream and hold them tight with you to just torment you. They'll just keep going. You have the choice. You get to accept or reject the thoughts that come to you. But know that the thoughts that you do not consciously reject immediately, you will unconsciously accept. If you let it pass by without saying, you know what? No, that's, we're not, that's not useful. That's not what I want in my headspace. It will plant a seed. It will stay there. And so when we have negative thoughts that grab our attention, we have to address them. And this doesn't mean ignoring the thoughts that you have or just, you know, painting everything rose colored and everything's great and pretending, you know, it's not about pretending that you don't have these things. It's not about shutting them down or pushing them away. It's about saying, okay, I've had this thought. Is that going to help me where I want to go? Is that going to get me where I want to? Is it going to, does it make me feel good? Does it make me feel good about myself? Does it make me feel good about my life? Is it true? First of all, is it true? And kind of getting curious about what it is. We have to focus on what we can control. And again, that is not the world around us, but that is where we place our attention and focus, what we choose to hold on to, what thoughts we choose to explore further. So again, getting curious instead of why am I thinking this or this thought must be true, going down some kind of rabbit hole, maybe just ask yourself how it makes you feel and then go from there. How does this thought make me feel? What is that? Explore what's there and then become an investigator looking at the facts instead of a judge trying to place blame. All right. On that note, I'm going to wrap things up, but while wrapping this up, I want to leave these, these takeaways for you to consider. Number one, choosing to have a growth mindset means that you are just allowing yourself to continue to learn and grow and be in the world. And isn't that the whole goal as long as we're living to try to continue to figure out more about us, more about the world and how to navigate in it? Um, it is for me. That is my goal. As long as I'm living, I'm trying to learn more about myself, more about how to work in the world, how to be in the world, who I want to be in the world and how to navigate all of that. Number two, 
Your mindset is made up of your thoughts and beliefs, and you get to choose which thoughts and beliefs you hold on to and give your attention to. How much energy you spend on which thoughts, where your focus is, you choose that. Number three, your thoughts are physiological events. This means that they spark a cascade of biochemical messages sent into your body and tell you your body and your brain, and it communicates back and forth about how you're feeling. They create your mood and how you navigate in the world. Number four, I think we're on number four. One, two, three, four. Let me look at my notes. Yep. Um, it is not always about being positive and pretending something doesn't exist or pushing certain feelings away or thoughts away. Some, it's not about some thoughts being bad or anything like that. It's just about choosing the thoughts that are useful in leading you to how you want to feel and how you want to behave in the world, how you want to navigate everything that is human life, the good, the bad, the up, the down, the sideways, all of it. It's all just part of being human. And again, we're meant to fluctuate between adversity and, um, you know, back to a calm state to have that balance. But if we don't do our part in curating our mindset and what is taking up all of the space in our head, then, you know, we can be out of balance. And so many of the times we, so much of the time we are because of this. So my challenge to you this week is just to pay attention to your thoughts and your reactions to things. What is the story that you're telling yourself? And remember, while doing this, this is an exercise in curiosity, not in judgment for yourself. That's it for this week. Again, thank you endlessly for being here to listen to me talk to you. I am so grateful for every single person who listens to this. Every one of you who writes in and tells me about how, you know, how this resonates for you or shares it on the social medias. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am going to ask one thing. If you found this helpful and useful, if you liked it, please share it with somebody you know. Thank you so much. Until next week, I hope you have a beautiful week. And until then, peace out.